Morning, Mr. Boyle. Good morning, Mr. Shakeman. How are you today? Ah, I'm good. Uh, I thought you'd be happy to know the new Jeremy arrived. Is, uh, Is this one at least able to speak French? No, but he can't dodge Bert's various attacks. He's therefore lasted much longer than Jeremy the Third. That's uh, that's awesome news. Uh, how is the toast coming along? Well, we all remember Jeremy the Second, who wanted to do things old school and grow the wheat for the bread first. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that toast. And you will wait longer still. Bert is not a patient man. Anyway, this new Jeremy decided to just go get store-bought bread. I'm not too sure about that, Mr. Shekman. It doesn't actually matter because he got stuck in the freezer while packing up a, picking up a pack of fish fingers. Bird's favorite, mind you. Anyway, having got stuck then in um, the, but there's, the there's no toast, is there? Again, I probably should have led with that. Yeah, yeah. So yes, there is no toast. Um, yeah. I think you need a new Jeremy. He is already on order, you'll be happy to know. Um, and in the meantime, it's time for Toasting Design. Shaka Shaka Michael Boer. Uh, but before we, we get straight back into the, the design project, um, what have you learned this week, Mr. Boer? <laughs> so it was something I was, uh, you know, always looking for uh, new stuff for for the students. And I, I came across mm. a, a sort of um, an article which I'd, I'd downloaded you know, years and years ago. And I thought, oh, it seemed interesting at the time, and I, I mean, I, I downloaded it for a graph, and I thought, let me see what the what the front end is, you know, because I normally always mm. just go for the for the business end. And anyway, yeah. it was a a discussion at the Lockheed Skunk Works, one of uh, one of my favorite places. Sure. And it was on the differences between a designer and a design team, and I thought, ooh, mm. so Lockheed Skunk Works actually sees that there's a difference between a designer. And a design team. Now I'm curious. Yeah. So what they what they basically do is they they effectively try and work out who is uh, really right brain minded and who is really left brain minded when they are creating a design team. And it works as follows: the people who are really strong in the creation and synthesis as aspect of of design are right brain. Okay oriented and that's known as the creative mind and that is in terms of Lockheed terminology the associative and creative part of the team there are six things that they are specialists in firstly you're gonna hate these no rules secondly uncritical thirdly irrational fifthly illogical fifthly divergent and always work with alternatives there's never a final thing that Oof. is their creative and synthesis part of the design team okay. right brain minded we're now on to the left brain minded which is known as the judicial mind right brain was obviously the creative mind these yes. are known as the deductive and analytical team members okay. and they specialize in analysis and decision making these okay. six things will sound familiar to you, okay. Mr. Sheckman. Rigid rules, uh-huh. critical thinking, mm. rational, logical, <laughs> convergent, one answer. Now, what's interesting is the way that they break up a designer and a design team is their designers need to flip from the right brain, left brain, from no rules to rigid rules and from uncritical to critical and from irrational to rational and from illogical to logical divergent convergent from alternatives to one concept those are the designers 
okay. the design team need to be specialists at being no rules or being focused on one answer but they need to understand how the other team members that are on the other side of the the the, the, the panel work and I thought that's an Ooh. interesting way to do it but that is how they create their design teams with their designers so that they they group them and that you got the writers together and you got the lefters together that's right and they, oh. they they are your team but people that can are comfortable with both and they're not biased with both those are your let's call them the design leads the people that are involved in integrating multiple systems and and things like that and i thought that's quite an interesting i'd, I'd never thought about it like that um yeah. you know because quite, quite a lot of people let's say in their workplace you and i both work at a university um and there they are there are times where I think we we are quite happy to flip between the two of them. Mm. But when you are running a lecture, you both of us have to be in the left yeah. brain thing with yeah. rigid rules, mm. that mm. sort of thing. But when you're trying to do, I mean, if you think about it, something like this podcast is definitely the creative synthesis, oh God, irrational, yeah. illogical, etc. <laughs> we're pretty comfortable doing it. But if you work out like who you were, were at high school and who you were in first year and things mm. like that, I don't, I don't think we were able to put a, a, a left sock and a right sock on to be um, able to jump between the two. I think it's something no. which you do start to develop with practice. But um, I thought that might be quite something interesting to think about when we're doing group, let's say, um, discussion with students um, yeah. next year. Yeah, no, that is actually interesting. I wonder if there's... Uh, yeah, I'm just some thought there has to, to be more stuff written up about it. It was just that yeah. I found this... Um, there was half a page written about it with some sort of examples and... Um, hmm. Yeah. No, that, that's cool. That's, that's brilliant. I think it's, yeah, because I mean, you, you're going to come into the the point where you have, you start off as one of them primarily. It's what you, be, whether you, it's your upbringing, whether it's your personality, whatever the case, you, you tend to be the, the left or the right. Um, so enforce it, let, let that grow as well, but start practicing on the other one as well. Um, right, so we're going to see how your left brain is going to uh, influence this design project <laughs> of ours. Let's get back into it, shall we? This cannot be done with pure rotation, and that's simply because not all boardrooms would have the same distance from the wall to where the table needs yeah. to be. So yeah. no, a pure pendulum type arrangement's uh, not yeah. going to work. But obviously, the surface has to rotate. It has to rotate from vertical to horizontal. Indeed, yeah. And at least, yeah. It would need to move from the wall to where you'd want to position this thing. So there's trans. If if you're standing, sitting in the boss's chair at the end, the the board the surface has to translate and rotate therefore you need some form of mechanism that can do both of those things um, mm -hmm. and I came up with uh, with an idea which uses um, if you start with the table the surface down it attaches at all four corners but the two links so if you're sitting in your boss's chair at the end mm. the links on let's say the right hand side of the table mm -hmm. have got a a, let's call it a knuckle joint in the middle so they can they can scissor and the mm -hmm. other one both of them can telescope to give you the up and down mm -hmm. but the left hand side doesn't because that's the one which is at the bottom of the board when the board is up against the wall yeah uh, yeah I, I have the exact same sort of idea yeah cool okay um, and, and that's why I asked you know for me trying to do this where you support the table at two points no you, you you could but you need four to rotate it safely and get it down and then i suppose what you could do is you could take the two links which are in the corners and you could move them towards the center 
but then you're left with you know how do you play pool on a pool table which is supported at one point on that side one point on this side and then somebody leans on it yeah yeah so, exactly so i I, th- I, th- I think you're going for corners because also at boardroom tables if there are the traditional sort of let's say rectangle or rounded rectangle type mm. shape the corners are not really used for anything no no um, and you can uh, you can move around it i mean i think as a just a, a sort of ergonomic standpoint you're not standing at a corner of a desk and reaching over to to interact with something on the table um you know during a yes. meeting you, you're pointing at something on the table um or whatever the case is you're standing on one of the, the flat edges um yes. and that, that's the way that so i think that that makes that that works um i had like a couple other ideas and just to kind of clarify as a sort of walk them through i don't think they work um but just to sort of yeah what are your other ideas first one being a a sort of a a rollout awning style um type design um and in and that's sort of like you know with with your sort of camper awnings where you you know you you rotate it and then the two arms uh yes mechanism moves out um it would mean that the, you only ever have three corners or three sides to your table because the other side is always connected to the wall. Um, the idea being that you then just, that can cantilever against uh, whatever position, um, your mount on the wall could be lifted so that um, its end point would be closer to the roof. Uh, I, it, so I, I think it could work in, in both positions necessarily, but you've lost an entire surface. Would, the, would, uh, would, the, would that awning system be just for the translation? Uh, it, yeah, it would just be for the, well, I mean, to a degree, yes and no. I, I sort of saw it as basically the table almost sliding out um, or rolling out of the wall. Um, in so it comes form. out from from one side. How, from how one does side. obviously awnings are? They've got a flexible skin to them. Um, that's well, how that mechanism works. So it's either a case of the table is rolled up in, in kind of like a shutter style sort of rolling up. Oh, made or, of made of rigid strips. Potentially, or alternatively, you just have a whole bunch of dead space on the other side of the wall. Another reason this is potentially not working. Um, you know, going into the stiffness slash robustness stability, um, this would become. I mean, you can, you can get it taut. You you can get it that it, it's stiff, um, but it being that sort of either slated sort of Venetian yeah. blind style. I I I think there are issues with it. Um, I mention it so that we can say yes, it was considered. Um, and we know why it wasn't. Um, what, what I like, what I like with the idea that you said with the rigid strips is that's using one of the principles of TRIZ. So if you were to take mm. the solid rigid single surface and break it up into strips, if you were to use three D type stuff, I'm instantly imagining something that's a bit like a piano. In terms of you okay. could actually, you, you, I mean, your, your your table would be a perfectly good reflective surface because you could, you know, you can make it where there there's basically just little tiny lines, and any projector's got, um, you know, the 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 cell resolution. Mm. It's not really going to be a problem, but you could then build different functionality into each of the different things, just as an idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no, I think no, no, that yeah. I, th- I think the rigid strip idea. I'm going to write that under the surface one because I quite cool. like that. Cool. And this is also another reason we, we look at alternative options because it sometimes gives us ideas later on. Yeah. The uh, second op- se- uh, second alternative to, to what I think is what we're going for uh, would be a sort of a floor-mounted um, sort of base lifted up. So it's basically it, it sinks into the floor. Um, 
obviously there are issues now, especially with that, uh, what I've termed the people proofness. You know, you're yeah. walking on it with high heel shoes, high heel shoes, or or what? For God, what reason you're walking around studded boots, or whatever the case is, rolling chairs sliding backwards and forwards on it, that's an issue. It could work still with um, the, uh, the sort of way just taking the idea further in my head was it's a platform that lifts it up so you have whether four legs or a single base or, or however it works and then that can cantilever or that can rotate so you can end up with a vertical table and then that can slide backwards and forwards on certain rails to position it in the room um, so that it's it's a solid base mount, but that base mount as well can can move off a, a guided system. Uh, yeah. So it can locked into position, but otherwise it can move. And then the third one was a... I'm trying to think of uh, a, a equivalent system. So, so certainly one thing with this is, is when we've gone into this, I, I've had to do this with visual aids and stuff for myself. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we see the students who, who try and just talk their way through it and, and explain in words. This is certainly stuff when you're going through something like this. I mean, we have to now do it um, through words for the podcast, but for ourselves... Drawing, it's very difficult to describe a mechanism. Yeah, um, so. and, and the advantage also with drawing is that you start to see stuff that's wrong with it. I mean, for example, yes. as you identified, right, you know, awnings require that sort of flexible material. So this is a case that would be sort of like two arms, the table is positioned... Um, between the two arms um, so the table can theoretically always be horizontal no matter what height you lower it down to yes. um, and then it can also then within those two arms also then rotate vertically and then that can be uh, lowered and increased and then once more the issue with that is that in a horizontal form you effectively have closed off one edge even if that edge yeah. is technically open you, you can't get round it um, and, and I mean, you could technically mount it on the roof, but we're then at the position where, uh, similar to what you brought up before, where it is a, a suspended ceiling mounted uh, system, whether you have, um, I originally actually saw it as like four cables that come down yeah. on, on pulley mounted systems. And uh, depending on how much you adjust each cable, um, you could then achieve vertical versus horizontal elements to it. Um, sort of like a, uh, not exactly the same, but similar to how they do the cameras in the stadiums where yes. you have cables yep. across and then you're just adjusting lengths and stuff. Yeah, uh, the, the reason that I didn't go for the cable thing is mm -hmm. I just thought if you do have cables at four points and Bob gets up and pushes the table, you've got this thing that can just like parallelogram. And so you, yeah. In fact, you've built yourself a giant a giant swing, um, <laughs> So, I, which is why I went for the same kind of principle, um, but just with obviously rigid links to, to try yes. and, and beef, beef no, it up um, exactly. a little bit. But it, it's the same let's call it same function but you know just uh you know using a slightly different mechanical let's call it sub option to to solve yeah. it no exactly okay um, you basically independently arrived at the same yeah thing okay yeah cool um and gave ourselves some extra sort of ideas potentially for uh, for the rest then um okay with, with that i mean so in terms of um developing this idea then further with its suspension points are you seeing this as suspended in the middle of the room or is it closer to the sort of uh one of the walls because it can because it's going to have to translate um obviously if you have yourself a very very small um boardroom you could do this just with pure rotation you, you mm -hmm. might have it where the geometry is 
is that. But then you still need some form of, let's call it um, variable length function to get it um, up and down. But I, I think the majority of boardrooms, if you take the boardroom table width, it's probably going to be not quite the wall height. So it's not going to be from ceiling to floor, but it could mm -hmm. be close yeah. depending on the width. Mm -hmm. And then if you were to move that, the first thing you're going to have to do is move it away from the wall and then start to rotate it down. So it's starting to behave a bit like aircraft landing gear, if you think about yes. it. You sort of yeah. move it and then then, then bring it down um, and, and then, then vary the height. And I think just based on, 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 on how it would do that, um, you could move it away from the wall, but you can't really pull it up much closer to the ceiling because any wall sort of thing is going to be quite close to the ceiling anyway, the, the upper mm -hmm. edge. Yeah. So yeah. what, and, and then obviously you've got to factor in things like chairs in the way and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I drew like a little side view of it to work out what, what you did, but it's, it sort of has to start translating and then rotating at the same time. Yes. One of the arms, if you were to take the, that awning, that elbow um, joint, you know, the kind of scissors mechanism. One of the arms behaves exactly like that, but it's in a vertical sense. It's, I, got the, I got the idea from a flamingo leg, the, the, yes. the way it sort of translates yeah. up and down. And I thought, that is what's going to hold the upper board when it's up against the wall, because mm -hmm. that leg can like almost disappear right up into the ceiling if you like to hold it up. The yeah. other link is in on the side of the table, and that's it, it just hangs straight down. And then... What you need is you need some form of, let's say, rail, slider, yeah. something for okay. those two to move and then split up. And then the flamingo leg basically drops down and the board rotates. And both of them being, let's say, having telescopic abilities, you can vary the height as you do that so you can get the motion correct. That was my basic idea. The translation aspect to this, it's a single dimension translation. So it's yes, not it's like just a tray. Away from, yeah. So it's away from the wall. It's not also left and right. Correct. Um, okay. No, that, I I think that is the way to go with this. I don't think, um, I mean, the, you, you, you could, and the, the, what it, the reason not to is the rail system, I think is probably one of the best ways of achieving that sort of movement. Um, we it, see it's rail. also the most easily integrated into what um, uh, yeah. ceilings have uh, behind the, the fiber board. Well, and that's exactly what I was going to say is those sort of elements exist in workplace mm. environments. Um, we're not introducing something that is a foreign technology or a different idea or anything of the sort. Um, so, yeah, no, de definitely. I think railing, I can't necessarily think alternatives to a a railing system necessarily um maybe some kind of magnetic uh, track system so basically you could move anywhere but the you actually you know then you've got to add the extra complexity to locking mechanisms yeah. um to, to prevent movement because again it, it's old jimmy who decides as he stands up his you know beer belly then goes and pushes everything around um because they can move in so many different planes it's the idea is it's it's effectively there are translation wise two positions so effectively it can't lock halfway out the wall it's yeah. against the wall or it's on it's flat out um what can be just for multiple elements is the height um i'd say just given the the variation in person's heights and so on and so forth um to put that in uh, that all right it's one meter high or two meters high um or say one and a half to half um, I think that's too much. That, that, that's yeah. too much restriction. Um, 
and and none of the ideas then have an issue there just thinking about it then the your flamingo leg um idea if we then so in retracting that so is that a flamingo leg then on each corner just just so for example if if you if you're sitting in your chair at the end of the table it's yeah. the edge of the table which goes up to the ceiling yes the far corner and the near corner both have the flamingo leg okay and the ones on your left hand side that's just the straight a straight member which can vary in length so just thinking about that if as we're adjusting the height in that what it might be a case of the retraction method to pull it up into the to basically almost to the ceiling um uses the flamingo system but yes. each leg of the flamingo um or the the sort of scissor mechanism that might need to actually be telescopic itself and the it, reason it, it, being, it would have to be yeah because otherwise what's happening is right i want to adjust it from a seating position to i want to stand you potentially in one way or another either you got it in front of you depending on what side of the desk you're in or as you go around the corner you've got this elbow leg mechanism um you know no bend. no no so so the, the when the table's down the flamingo leg is straight it telescopes as okay. well perfect yeah. yeah okay yeah yeah so you, you you're not using the flamingo leg mechanism also no, to adjust the height on the one side yeah. okay cool no that's perfect um and i mean then you could even have a a much more uh, compact uh, uh, flamingo leg system you don't have to have it you know it could basically first retract um, somewhat of telescopically yeah, exactly, as it yeah. Did. yeah. Um, so there and we're not even locked into that necessarily as being a purely two-dimensional element to, to that translation similar to as you say with landing gear there is a, a large three-dimensional aspect mm, to that yeah. that mechanism um, and then the the front so if i'm looking at my table on the far wall side the ones that are, are are just they basically they would almost remain vertical the entire they would time. remain vertical the whole time they yes, would just yeah. need to vary in in length if the table moves up and down yeah okay so as a sort of a a, a finishing off um these ideas then the what I always like to kind of look at it is to what work and what development needs to be done on each of these sort of areas. And we're just talking about the, the positioning system. The positioning system needs to be developed. We haven't even touched what the table is uh, made. I mean, we, we, it's likely honeycomb, but the projection method, none of that is yet. Um, I, I, I think surface and projector need to be done and integrated correctly, but the positioning, you, you're correct. The positioning yeah. um, is independent from those two. So, the there would be the roof the design of your sort of roof railing systems the stresses strains and, and things like that um yep. uh, low friction so how much force is required to move it which would then start to indicate whether or not it needs to be a actuated system or if i think if you get the ba you know it depends you, you might be able to get the balance right such that it's actually it's it's almost perfectly um balanced that you never actually need to um, apply any force it just automatically uh, yep. it basically it's it's what are they counterbalanced um so that it, it works perfectly there so okay so yeah i mean if, if we think of four things there there's obviously mm -hmm. the roof attachment which is important yep. then there's mm -hmm. the element of motion yes something yep. needs to be able to allow for motion to happen then there's actual let's call them the links mm -hmm. and then there's actuation of the thing yes four basic things yes 
Um, and yeah. actuation, one of the options for that, it's still just done by the people. The there's human, nothing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and it's something to, as a sort of a side note to all of this, it's something I see with uh, student projects where they're worried about, oh no, but that makes it all too simple. No, the reason why we're also aware of what is to come, that there is the, the potential visualization method that is not just two-dimensional, it might be three-dimensional. There is the um, aspect to um, uh, even the software, you know, how the people actually interact with it and the code and so on and so forth. That is still to come. So if it turns out one of our elements becomes really simple, right, there's no actuation system, there's no worm gear system that drives it all uh, with a motor, it's just done by, by hand, Okay, it's fine. We've still got other stuff, we, other things we need to develop in a project. Um, the best solution is this, so we will develop the best solution. If that happens to be power by hand purely, then it is that. Although that, that is not necessarily a simple solution, um, but just using it as an example. Yep. All right, I think that's going to wrap up. Um, this what what will now become a, a two-parter. Oh, I think we're going to split this up. Um, if you've got any questions, any suggestions, anything you think we might have missed, uh, let us know at toastingdesign at gmail.com. Otherwise, thanks very much for listening. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Cheers. <laughs>